Well, good morning, New Hopers. Glad that you're here this morning physically or whether you're chiming in on the live stream. Thank you for being here this morning as we conclude our series called Black Operations, which means this secretive plan of an enemy to take you out. And this whole idea of black ops has been for us in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul, towards the end of the chapter, is talking about our spiritual armor that we are to put on to protect us from the schemes of the enemy. And so this morning, I'd like to conclude this series and wrap it up for us. But to do that, I need a, uh, a man out there who feels like they can saw faster than me. And if they can beat me in sawing this board up here, they will get a $10 Subway lunch money. Right here. All right, Don? Don, right? Oh, look at that. You have mentioned Subway. Don's hands. Yeah, come on. Here we go. Yeah. I'm serious, Don. I'm serious. Right here. There it is. Feel that, baby. You can be over here on this side. Okay. $10 lunch money right there. All right. Safety first. Safety first. There you go. Safety first. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Well, that's right. It's just, I got to be safe as well. You got it? You see the board? No, but I got it. You got it? All right. Just a second. That's right. You ready? Well, I just got to hook into the power, man. Got to power up here. Let me just see. Let's, oh, yeah. It's, I got to just flex the power a little bit here. You feeling good? Do you want to get an edge? Do you want to find the green? Sure. Whatever it is. All right, on the count of three, first one wins. That's the deal. Ready? One, two, three. You got it? You got Huh? You were close. You got started. Well, sorry, dude. That's right. I guess no lunch money. That's right. But participation. Thanks, brother. You're awesome. That's right. So much. We'll see you at Subway. Well, Don and I just gave you a picture of this whole series right there. And the picture of this whole series is this, that what the Apostle Paul is talking to about us when it comes to the armor of God, he's saying, hey, Put on the full armor of God. Take up the sword. Take up the helmet. Take up the shield. What he is saying is that we need to put it on. We need to take it up. We need to utilize the resources God has given us to win over our enemy, the devil. We need to plug in to his power. Otherwise, we just decide to use our own resource, our own power. But Paul is saying, hey, God has equipped you to win. And that's why last week I said the phrase, when men and women work, men and women work. When men and women pray, God works. And why is it so important that we put on and take up the armor of God against our enemy? It's because of what I talked about the very first day of this series when I talked about the whole idea, don't move your luggage. 
Don't move your luggage. And it comes out of Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus, through the cross, brought us out of the dominion of darkness. He said, pack your luggage, pack your bags. I am moving you now, where? To the kingdom of the son, to my residency to eternal life, salvation in me, my presence. You are now a child of God. You live with him. That's where you're at. But every day, our enemy desires to get us to pack up our luggage and move back to the dominion of darkness, to the old habits, to the old self, to the old identity. Every day. He wants us to doubt our faith in Jesus, what he actually did for us on the cross, the reality that we are forgiven, his grace is sufficient, his love is so deep and wide and high and long we can't measure it for our situation. Every day he wants us to doubt that and to pack our luggage and to leave the kingdom of the Son. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, to help us, he says, Put on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that we can stand. So that we can remain of the Son, where we belong, because we're a child of God. Now, after describing all of this particular armor that we are to put on and take up, Paul adds another important part of the spiritual battle. He adds to it prayer. This is not a piece of the spiritual armor, but it's an essential activity to take up and to use in winning spiritual battles. Why? It's what we saw just now with Don and I. When we pick up prayer, we move past our own efforts, our own strength, our own wisdom, our own eyesight, which is limited, and we plug in to everything God provides for us. We plug into his power and his might. And by doing so, we are able to defeat the spiritual enemies that come after us, the dominion of darkness that wants us to remove our luggage back to where it used to be. And so Paul tells us this in Ephesians 6.18. He says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So first off, what does the Apostle Paul mean, number one, by pray in the Spirit? The Greek word translated pray in has a variety of different meanings. It can mean by means of, with the help of, in the sphere of, in connection to the Spirit. What it's not saying here is that we don't have to use particular words. We just use our own words, our thoughts, our language. But what it is saying here is, hey, make sure that you're aware of the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, aware of the promptings of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will help you in what you should pray for and towards. 
And so sometimes we have these urges, right, of to pray for a particular thing or a particular person or a situation or whatever, and we have these, these urges, and I would encourage you to be obedient and to follow through on those urges. I remember uh, a while back, some friends of ours who could not have children were going through the adoption process, and they had longed for children for many, many years. And they were going through the adoption process. It was laborious. It was long. They were getting discouraged in it. And a particular morning, I was just had this urge to pray for their situation, specifically that they would hear that they would have children in their home through adoption. And I remember getting news later that day that they had just heard that they would be able to adopt two children, a boy and a girl, a sibling pair, and how excited they were. And I called the now mom, and I said, that is awesome, because this morning, the Holy Spirit, or God, put on my heart to pray this over you. Psalm 113.9. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. And I was like, how cool is that? You know, so take them, pray in the spirit, promptings. And when they come, Paul is saying, hey, take them, pray in the spirit. Then he moves on from there and he says, but pray as well in all occasions, on all occasions. What does he mean by that? Well, he, he means, first of all, constant. He Pray constantly. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, pray without ceasing. Eyes be in this conversation with God. Be ready to pray, whatever it might be. I remember a couple weeks back, we were going up to Cross Lake for the week to camp in that, and I was pulling out the trailer for the pontoon, and I looked at the tires, and they were like, oh my goodness, they're all dried and cracked, and I'm like, oh, I should have looked at this before, and all that, but I mean, we were like leaving. We were like putting it on and going. I prayed without ceasing all the way to the campground. Literally, I'm just like, Lord, give me, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, it's still there, looking in the, God, thank you, thank you, you know, 10 more miles, five more miles, you know, whatever it is. And I said, hey, when I get there and dump the boat, I'll get new tires on it. And I took it down to the Napa store and I'm like, hey, replace these babies, right? And that, but hey, this idea of praying without ceasing. We see in Acts chapter 12 that Peter's in prison the other disciples and friends, relatives, are praying in this upper room for him. And it says this in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, about the story. All right, got it. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Because at any moment, Herod was going to come and take his life. And they were praying constantly, earnestly for him. An angel comes and breaks him literally out of prison. He goes to where they're praying, knocks on the door. They open the door. He's there. They're like, what? We're just praying for you. And then he said, hey, an angel came. Well, here's the reality. The angel fetched Peter out of prison but their prayers fetched the angel, right? Their prayers fetched the angel. So this idea of Paul saying, hey, tap into the greater power 
and do it consistently. But secondly, or B, do it calendared, meaning have a regular rhythm during the day where you meet with God and you pray about whatever's going on in your life. We see in the Old Testament, the prophet Daniel in Daniel 6.10, it says that three times a day, he got down on his knees, humbled himself before God, gave him thanks, and prayed unto him three times a day, morning, does early, and evening. I love what this little story says. It says, early African converts to Christianity were earnest and regular in private devotions. Each one reportedly had a separate spot in the thicket where he would pour out his heart to God. Over time, the paths to these places became well-worn. As a result, if one of these believers began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to the others. They would kindly remind the negligent one, brother, the grass grows on your path. Whoa. Brother, the grass grows on your path. I see that you have been neglecting meeting regularly with God in prayer having this calendar time, having this rhythmed time, right? Start your day in prayer with Jesus. Lay out your calendar, literally. Lay out your appointments. Lay out your commute. Lay out what's on your heart. Just saying, I got this going, I got this going today, I got this going, and just give it over to him and say, hey, you direct my path today. Because you know what happens when we wake up, we touch our phone, we touch the TV, we touch whatever it might be, we go from zero to 60 and our day just goes. But Pastor John Bunyan said this, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. How true is that, right? So let's begin with him. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, plug in to the power of God by consistently praying without ceasing, by having a calendar prayer, this time that you meet with Jesus. But then lastly, see, we have what's called this cause-effect style of prayers where? Well, where something just comes up, we pray quick, and God intervenes, takes care of it. We see it in the Old Testament in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king. He's a captive Jew in slavery to the king. But yet he has this strong urge that God's calling him back to Jerusalem to build the wall around Jerusalem. So he's going to ask the king, as a cupbearer, a slave, to let him go for three, four months and be gone to do this. And he's scared spitless before the king because he could just, like, take his life. And we read the story where it says, the king said, what is it you want? He asked Nehemiah, what is it you want? And it says in the text... He prayed unto the Lord and then answered the king. I mean, literally, how, how long do you think he had to pray? Do you think he said, oh, king, just a minute, I'm going to go away for 15 minutes and I'll be back, I'll be back to you. I'm going to talk to God about this. No. It said, hey, he prayed unto God and answered the king. I mean, it was just like, hey, God, I'm going in. Boom. And then, king, this is what I want. I mean, literally, this, this boom. We see in the New Testament, Jesus is walking across the water. There's a storm going on. He comes upon the disciples. Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, call me out upon the water to come to you. He says, come on, Peter. 
Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking to him. He's walking on the water, but then starts seeing the waves and the wind and that, and he starts sinking. And what does the text say? It says, Jesus. He just says, Jesus. And Jesus reaches out, saves him. There's these cause-effect times where, like, we are just in it, and we just need to yell out to him, like, hey, I need you. I need your presence, whatever. I remember a particular story. I was coming back from Taylor's Falls on the motorcycle, my daughter on the back seat. We are coming around past uh, Wild Mountain on the back roads. It was dusk. Not a great time to be on the motorcycle, and I was aware of it. We came around this corner, and just as we were coming around this corner, there were deer coming up out of the woods, and I could tell we were going to meet. And I did that cause-effect prayer. I'm just like, Jesus, help! Boom! And it was amazing. These deer came right at us and did a 90 and ran right alongside of us and back. And so Paul's saying, listen, that is so God. I mean, that, there it is, right? And so Paul's saying, listen, in life, you know, pray without ceasing. Talk to him. Have this calendar prayer, this time of prayer. But hey, there's times in our life where we're just yelling it out. And all that you have time for is his name. And just say it. So pray in the spirit. Pray on all occasions. And then he goes on, he says, with all kinds of prayers and requests. There was a couple of, attending a church down in Kentucky on vacation. And they watched an especially verbal and boisterous child being carried out of the service by his father under his arms. And his father did not look happy. He was pretty perturbed. And not too many people in the congregation paid attention to the situation until this little boy yelled out in a charming southern accent, y'all pray for me now, won't you? You know, right? I mean, I mean this, this idea of, hey, just whatever your request is, whatever your situation is, pray for it. Pray for it, right? Doesn't matter. You know, amazing thing happened yesterday. We were, we were packing up. We were going to just uh, take the boat up to Big Sandy Lake and uh, tool around, you know, see what the lake looked like and that, do some skiing, wakeboarding, that kind of thing as a family. And that we packed it up. We were just ready to go. And just prior to that, in the morning, I was preparing. I have an old 67 Mustang, and my daughter's girlfriend and husband were going to come and take it on a date for the day. And so I had prepared it for him that morning. I just got back from gassing it up. I backed it into the driveway, left the key in it for him and everything. And, that, and just before we were going to leave, my daughter says, Dad, you know, there was something hanging from the bottom of the Mustang. And then it fell out. And I'm like, What? I'm like, what's that? And she comes up. She says, well, it's this. I'm like, it's the fan alternator belt. I'm like, really? Really? And I'm like, that is so God. I mean, because how often, one, do you see that happen, that it actually breaks and just falls out? Not to mention that just that morning, I checked all the fluids, everything, and I even tugged on it, checked it. But the fact that we are just going to leave and she actually sees it and it like actually falls out to where God's like saying, hey, 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 this is not going to work for their date. And I'm like, whoa. So I ran to O'Reilly's, got a new one, put it in, and boom, we are on our way. And the whole day I was just like, that's amazing. I mean, that is just like how that sequence would happen is so amazing. And what's amazing is, five minutes prior to that, 
I literally was over by the car after I parked it, had it ready for him, and I stood outside it, and I just said, Jesus, let this thing work all day. May they have a good time. Literally. And he said, hey, it ain't going to work if that ain't, you know. It's just... But I just love how God does, and I think he just likes it when we, like, bring it all to him, regardless. Regardless of what it is. I just like, hey, ask him for everything. Let him say his no for you. You know, I let, let him say no, right? I mean, when we were up in Cross Lake camping for the week, I'm gassing up my boat over here. I'm gassing up. The dad next to me has his head in the motor and that trying to fix it. His kids are standing on shore with their life jackets on like this. Dad, is it going to work? Dad, is it ready? And I'm like, I have so been there. We have all been there, right, dads? Like, and they're just waiting there, and they could tell this dad was just like, oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm like gassing up, but I'm praying for this guy. And I'm like, God, it's a beautiful day in your creation. Bless this family. Cut some slack on this dad. Let his motor work, would you? And that, and he gets done there. He goes, vroom, starts up. And that, whether it was my prayer or not, no clue and all that. But, man, I was going to the heavenly realms for this dad and it was just to start a boat. But Paul's saying, hey, whatever it is of the prayers, regardless of the request, bring it to me. Whatever it is, let me have it. Let me say no instead of you. And so Paul is saying to us, listen, man, put on the full armor. Take it up. Use all the resources. And then with this, add prayer. Add prayer prayer. He goes on, he says, be alert, pray for the Lord's people. But when it comes to winning spiritual warfare, we need to recognize that what Paul says in Ephesians 6.10, where he says this, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We are strong in the Lord and in his mighty power when we connect it when we plug it in with verse 18, which is what? And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests. When we plug into his power and we pray and we ask him to intervene in our lives, to be present in our lives, in all things, and especially in the spiritual warfare within our lives. And so for us to remember what Paul instructs us to do, and that is to put on the full armor, take it up, but with that, finally, to plug in to the full power and might and strength of God. And then you will be able to withstand the enemy's schemes. So as we close off this series this morning, I would just like us to do that actually, to plug into his power. And I have this prayer on the screen that I just want you to complete this morning. Father in heaven, this is what is most heavy on my mind and heart. Whatever you've walked through the door with, whatever you've been carrying for the last month, or maybe it's been a lifetime, to release it unto him, to give it over to him. And to take just a moment here this morning to come and to plug in to the power of prayer, plug into his power and just to meet with him. 
And I just want to give you a, a moment, a minute to do that. And then after that, uh, our, one of our youth, Josh, will come up and he will close us off in a time of prayer. will lead us in prayer as the worship team comes out for our last song. But let's go and let's literally plug into the power of God. And so take a moment here and meet with him. Will you pray with me? Father God, we are your children and we are coming to you in prayer for our needs. You invite us to do this and we want to do this. When we are weak, you say we are strong in you. Jesus, you know the burdens in the room. You have just heard them from the hearts of your people. Jesus, we ask that you would answer our prayers, that you would not delay, that you would comfort us in our hurts that you would give us a peace that is beyond our understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds in you. You, Lord, are our refuge, our ever-present help in trouble to defeat our enemy, the devil, to defeat discouragement, to defeat doubt, to defeat addiction, to defeat anger, to defeat bitterness and unforgiveness. We come to you. Hear our prayers, fill us with joy, and soak us in your mercy and love. Thank you, Jesus, for holding us near today holding us here and departing with us when we leave.